Who's your daddy? Boom! We are off with another episode of Booze Your Daddy, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Snyder, here with a new guest, somebody that's an avid listener, also a family member, Mr. Barry Simon. How you doing, Barry? I am fantastic. As a matter of fact, if I were any better, I'd be two people. Is that a thing? You say like you're two people, you're going to separate, you're going to reproduce? If I was any better, I'm just right on the edge. All righty. No, I was thinking like if you were bigger, if you were better, you would be two people, which you have lots of people in your family. And you know, when we were talking the other day, you mentioned you're an avid listener of the show and you like hearing, you think it's funny. And do you know, I actually think you're a really funny guy, but I'm not 100% sure. You have one of the best audiences as one of your children. Your daughter, Michelle, laughs at everything always all the time. If I ever do become a stand-up comedian, I am buying her a ticket and she's going to be front row of every single one of my shows. Am I right? She's great for for your ego when you have to do something funny. It's true. And everybody who knows me knows I have an ego. So I enjoyed always having her around and she has a very good laugh. Your other daughter, she's a little bit harder of a sell, but I've got her to jiggle. To, uh, to jiggle. That's a Freudian slip. I've gotten her <laughs> to laugh every now and then. Barry, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. You know, we connected years ago because we're family, obviously. Uh, I wanted to give you credit for being the first family member on the show, but I had my nephew Carson. So you're going to have to settle for the first family member over the age of nine. Oh, that works. <laughs> you know, we talked about uh, seeing each other before. The last time I think I saw you was when you were helping Jackie with her hip replacement. That may have been it. I was going to say, you know, I talk a lot about being a doctor, being a physical therapist. You uh, and definitely your wife have the unfortunate pleasure of having had me as a therapist because I'm a no frills type of guy. I really busted her ass literally because she had a hip replacement. It is what she needed and she's doing great now, correct? Yes. I tell you what, though, it's been long enough. Yeah, she might end up needing another one in, what, another five, ten years, right? Well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. You've listened to the show. You know the deal. You already showed me during the pre-screening here. You're drinking a nice, refreshing Diet Coke. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. I looked for a beer, and I went over to my son-in-law's house. I scoured the bowels of his refrigerator for a can of beer. All he had was bottles. Oh, a bottle would have been just fine, but whatever you find refreshing, let me tell you about what I'm drinking. I actually have the pleasure today of another listener dedication gift to the show. Uh, one of my patients just went to Philly recently, and he does a great Baltimore accent. You and I have also bonded already because you're wearing a Raven shirt, and I got on my old school Oreo shirt, Mr. Miguel Tejada, because the bigger they are, Tejada, they fall. Do you remember him? He was good for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Then he started doing steroids, and I think he got caught twice. Because you know how the, the suspensions work? You get 50 games, then 100 games, and then you're banned for life. I think he got caught twice and then fell out of the league. But anyway, uh, one of my guys brought me back a Croydon Cream Ale American Lawnmower. And it's a really cool-looking can there. It's got a dog in blue. It's got a lawnmower. I'm not the biggest fan of cream ales, but I'm not going to look a gift horse or beer in the, the face. Well, you got and, a nice can there, my friend. Thank you very much, my friend. All righty. Well, let me get this going. Release the Kraken. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. So good. Cheers, buddy. Good seeing you. There you go. L'chaim. Very nice. So I've always found you, you to... Tell, what's that? Real quick, do you know how to tell people from Baltimore, by the way, they talk? I know the accent. I can put it on if you want, but go ahead. Well, in Baltimore, you take a walk on the pavement. On the pavement. 
<laughs> That's a good one. I have a whole little repertoire that I tell people I can turn on my Balmer accent if I want to. You know, it's just a letter that comes after N in the alphabet. So you say you go home and talk on the phone, you drink water, you wash your hands in the zinc. Exactly. You, sometimes you got to iron your clothes, but when you get out of the shower, you got to get your towel on. Well, you know, when you when you have a car, you have to buy tars. <laughs> tars and go put the oil in it when it needs a change. That's right. That that's really good though. The the, the payment. That's very nice. I've always found you to kind of be a funny guy. I've heard you tell lots of stories, you know, hanging out at the pool at the JCC back in the day. And when we were talking, I was like, you know what? I'd love to have you on to tell a story or two. And, you know, we know a lot of the same people. Funny enough, one of the things I was going to say to you was, how close were you to my father before he became a dick? Or did you know him before that happened? And the funny thing is, you said, oh, I have a great story about your father. So let's just start with, was he always a dick or this just over the last 10, 20 years? I lost my perspective. Of time. <laughs> you told me that you kind of grew up with him, or at least you knew him in his earlier years before me, correct? We took karate probably in the mid to late 70s, early 80s. But it was, was it the Shirinjiru Kenyakai? Yes. Yeah, I've heard these stories. My father eponed everybody, but meanwhile, he can't figure out how to open up a bag of chips. <laughs> we were... We were getting ready for a tournament, and we have three things that you do in a tournament. You do kato, which is single-person fighting, kumite, which is dual fighting, two people, and then the real fighting itself. We were practicing kata one night, so your father comes out onto the mat. He does the traditional bow, and we were a strict Japanese style. He does the bow, and he announces the kata. He goes, Sanchino kata, confidence in the world. So he announces that, and he does the kata. And three or four of us were watching because we would give each other tips and ideas on how to improve. So he does his kata and we all start. And one guy says, you know, your eye contact was perfect. (laughs) That's so important for this. (laughs) Your punches snap and your base leg on your kick was so perfect. It led to a great kick. Now, during all this, you could see Rob standing there. It was starting to fill up. You could oh, Jesus. Getting so big. He started to get this smile that he was trying to hold back and his head was starting to get big. And then I said to him, but what kata was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was like he went around the room like a balloon losing its hair. <laughs> <laughs> that is so that's a, that is a true Robin Snyder story you know people who know me they know that I joke around like I call myself daddy which is purely a non-sexual joking thing and then you hear about me having maybe some ego problems and then you get to know more about my father and you go oh it makes sense Alan has daddy issues uh, I get it okay <laughs> that is such a Robin Snyder story. My mom's favorite story from his karate days was how they always used to meet up afterwards and they'd go to a bar and he'd order two beers, probably both for him, most likely both for him. He'd probably let her get water or something. And then he would drink one really fast because he was so thirsty. And the other one, he would sit and enjoy. The, the other story, it was like about a week later, we were doing the real fighting mm-hmm. and we would wear this equipment that was like made of stuff that football helmets are made of. And Rob just couldn't want to fight one of us lower ranking belts. He had to step right up into the big league and fight the black belt. You know, that's that's funny because you would think 
you'd want to pick on the weaklings just to kind of get going and get better. But the fact that my father said, no, I kind of admire that he wanted to challenge somebody higher than him. But when you know him and know who he is, you know, it was purely ego that he wanted to be the best in the room. And everybody listening to this conversation right now, all my friends are going to go, that is exactly what Alan would do. Alan would be like, give me the best guy in the room. Even if I get my ass whooped, I'd rather do that than win a piddly little match for somebody I could kill. Well, the black belt instructor, his kicks were so fast and so accurate that he could trim the wings off of a fly on your nose. Wow. In no time at all. Wow. So he he's going to fight this guy. So he teases him a little. He lets him get a kick in on his stomach. And then all of a sudden, in, in the JCC room, there were padded walls. It was an activity room. So Joe waited till he had his back against the wall about four feet away. And Joe gave him a kick in the gut. Oh. His feet. <laughs> straight back to the wall and straight down. Now, you say this was Joe. Was this Joe Palonzo? No, 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 no. Oh, I was about to say. It was a different Joe. Oh, but that's funny. He got right up and he went right back at Joe. Joe did it again. After he hit the wall the second time and could have had a concussion, we picked him up and we had to restrain him from going back to, to fight Joe again. Oh, my God. That's the thing. They say, you know, the sign of insanity is when you keep doing the same thing again and expect a different, you know, outcome. And that's such a Rob Snyder story. That's so funny because he just can't learn his lesson sometimes. But you said he had football equipment on and now we've learned, you know, there's CTE and maybe he has brain damage. I'm fairly sure he has brain damage, but that's probably a different story from a different day. Uh, That could be. That's really funny, Barry. Well, thank you definitely for sharing that with me. I intend to bring it up the next time I see him. You also had mentioned to me when we first started talking that... Before you go on, I think the, the last time I saw him was at your cousin's wedding. And he came up to me and he goes, so what kind of was that? And then we, then we break out in a huge laugh. <laughs> That's good that he still remembers that. I, I'll definitely have to drop that for him. You also had mentioned to me that you and Jackie, your wife, has, you've gone to Atlantic City with my parents. And anybody who knows me knows that I'll gamble on anything, anytime, anywhere. I grew up in a gambling family, a gambling culture. I mean, my Bubby, at least up until you know COVID, she was still renting out the back room of the local Chinese food place. Do you remember years ago? I don't even know who was in the game because you know they play for pennies maybe nickels they've bumped it up over the years they would go to the local chinese restaurant they sit there during lunch and all the little old yentas and they'd order a meal or two and it's great for the chinese food people because they get a little bit of business on like tuesday at 11 o'clock it ended up making i think the jewish times maybe the baltimore sun or as we would say, the Baltimore Sun, hon. Baltimore Sun. But they said there's like an, a Jewish Bubby gambling ring in Pikesville, Maryland that was seen during the day, you know, blotter, eyewitness, this is really happened. So now they have to play, I think, with like potato chips or something. I just remember it was so absurd because they saw money. And I really, really, really want to emphasize between the eight ladies playing, there may have been $30 on the table total. I mean, they play for a dime is like, oh my God, they put a dime in. They must have a full house. They must have four of a kind. Was that Mahjong? It was, they play Mahjong, they play poker, they play all those stupid games and it's painful to watch, but then they do something. Now, do you know the expression to go pie or to play pie? I've heard it. So 
this is not a real thing. Playing pie is when you play for nothing. Like you're all out of money. And any of my friends, if we're sitting around and you lose your money, you either sit in the loser's lounge if it's a tournament or you take out some more money or you borrow some money. But these old Jewish women play pie, which means you just call everything the whole time. And then when you run out of money, you just basically get to sit there without money and you participate in the hands as if you had money, which is complete horseshit. Because if I had all the money from playing well and doing well, I'm not going to let you sit there and call, check, call. So it turns into every hand. It's a call, 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 call. And then at the end of the day, they basically say we're playing for like three hours or two hours, you know, until somebody dies, basically. All right. Well, the time's up. Who has the money? And that's how they decide the winner. This whole little gambling ring was always so funny. And I hope the next time you see my Bubba, you definitely tease her about it because you've heard me joke that she's terrible. I mean, her and I played gin rummy all the time and we would play poker and she just calls. She's never fold. She never folds anything. She's the opposite of like a laundry machine store. Well, your puppy and my mother, they used to play mahjong together. When they were younger, they traveled to the different houses and they would sit there from like seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night till one in the morning. And then I'd get up the next day. My mother would be on the phone with her sister and she would say, oh, I walked away with 35 cents last night. Was that worth something back then? Because they walk away right now for a dollar 35, which <laughs> I, scratched my eyes out. I could never sit there. If you're going to play for less than $5, just play for fun. Play for free. Who cares that you're actually throwing in money or whatever? I, it, that's kind of fun. So that's how we're related. I guess I was going to ask you that because you and I are for, far enough related that, you know, if you and I wanted to get married, I think we could. Uh, <laughs> Although I'm, you're a married man, clearly. And but, anyways, that, so that, so we're, what are we like? Second cousins, third cousins? I don't even know the relationship. I don't know how they, how they do that anymore? They, you know, they have third cousin, fourth removed, and all that kind of stuff. But my mother and your and your grandmother are we're first cousins. Our first cousins. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't evolved to that in the year 2020, you know, with everybody so triggered about everything. It's, oh, that's my second cousin, third removed. It's like, oh, do you have to say removed? It's offensive to the non-removed people. Can we just not do that? I guess what I was getting to was in the gambling culture, my parents grew up going to Atlantic City all the time. You had mentioned that you took a trip with them at some point. Yeah, we did. We we went to see Rodney Dangerfield. Oh my God, Rodney so good. Every comedian and, and your father's comedian at the time, he would just ask me to sit there and anytime during the day or whatever, he'd say, do some Rodney. And I, I could pump out an hour of Rodney. Really? Well, we went up to Atlantic City and at the time, Jackie had a big pocketbook that looked like a, a tennis shoe. And I had a little cassette recorder. Did you record it? Did you pirate live comedy? <gasps> you son of a bitch. And it was so funny. Well, this is before the days that they were making CDs and cassette tapes. Like you did not have the option of purchasing it, correct? No, no option. Right. So I just recorded. I, I put it in her pocketbook when he started. I turned it on, turned it off, and we played it back on the way home. It was hilarious. You didn't say that right. It's pocky book. I put it in her pocky book, hon. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is awesome. Do you know what I learned the other day? And this is probably common knowledge. I didn't know that Rodney Dangerfield is not his real name, born name, whatever. I assumed it was something close. Do you know his actual name? Jacob Rodney Cohen. He is a member of the tribe. I tell you, member of the tribe. You know what I mean here? That's my best Rodney impersonation. I get no respect. I, I tell you, my father loves that. I went to the doctor. He said, you're, you're, you're dying of cancer. I said, I want another opinion. He goes, all right, you're ugly. Oh, no, nah, it's probably more Andrew Dice Clay. I don't get it. Rodney's one of those, like, put him on Mount Rushmore of comedy. I don't know if I've ever laughed out loud. I think the times have changed just a little bit. If you go on YouTube and watch him on Carson, 
Johnny Carson says, how are you, Rodney? And then he goes straight for 20 minutes. Carson doesn't have to say a word. You do know the whole bit. I heard this on a podcast. The whole I don't get respect was not even a part of his act. He was just doing a regular routine. And there were some people in the audience, not hecklers. They just didn't care, weren't paying attention. And he turns in this, you know, I can't get any respect. These people, they don't listen to me. And it got such a laugh. He changed his whole act basically around that. I mean, that's what he's known for, right? If you just say, I I get no respect, then he wrote the jokes about his wife and about everything else. But it all started as him just riffing on these people in the front crowd who were talking during a show. That I didn't know. Yeah. The other interesting thing I know about Rodney, I didn't realize he got started so late in the game. Apparently, he didn't do comedy until late, late, late. He was like a door-to-door salesman or something. He's like, he sold vacuums. He he sold stuff door-to-door and having trouble making it. And then he would like tell a little story that was funny and people started to laugh. Yeah, it it was very good. So there, I won a comedy competition, and on the radio, you call in and you tell a joke. And at the end of the week, they decided who won the joke, and for the winning prize was you went a trip to Atlantic City to see Don Rickles. So go up to see Don Rickles. During the show, he says, after the show, I'm going to be up at the Trump Tower, or at the Trump Hotel, want to take a walk up. So as soon as the show was over, Jackie and I ran back to the room at resorts, changed our clothes, ran up there. We go into the lounge where Don, Don Rickles was, although I didn't know at the time. I walked in and I heard his voice and I said, well, let's go over and say hello. Just as I said that, three guys, it must have been nine feet, 12 inches tall, surround me. And they go, where do you think you're going? I said, well, I just wanted to tell Mr. Rickles that I saw the show. I really enjoyed it and I appreciated his act. He came out and talked to us and said, I'm so glad you enjoyed the show. Thanks for being there. That's awesome. So he went back in and he sat down. We walked into the bar and there he is sitting at a table all by himself, the future president of the United States. Sweet Donnie J. Sweet Donnie JT. So I went up to him. I introduced myself. We talked to him yeah, maybe a minute or two. That's cool. You know, people say that we talked about that on our show. I think you heard the episode where my, you know, I was saying like, would you agree to, if he wanted to come on this show, would you have him? And my co-host was like over my dead body. And I said, you know what? Love him or hate him. It's still an interesting conversation. I would be professional. I mean, I wouldn't kiss his ass and I also wouldn't be rude to him. I would be a professional. And I think, I think that's really cool because a live dead sitting president, whatever you've met a president. I think that's really, really cool story. And that was before he was a racist and a xenophobe. Meanwhile, you're, you, uh, you're burying the lead here. What was the joke that won the contest? Oh, uh, you're probably too young to remember this, but you remember the nuclear accident in Russia, Chernobyl? Of course, they made an HBO show about it. Okay, so I call up and they said, tell your joke. I said, I've been listening to uh, Moscow 106. At the time in Baltimore, we had uh, M106 or something 106. I said, I've been listening to M106, Moscow 106. They said, okay. I said, so I was listening to a song by Debbie Boonsky called (laughs) You Light Up My Life. All right, pretty good. Oh, Betty, that's another great show on HBO. You got to watch that. Just got your namesake, Betty. Hey, Betty. I want to move on to trivia. And we had a little moment. You've heard a bunch of our episodes. I don't know if you've heard my co-host and I, we make a joke about having a universe moment where we joke and we say like, oh, it's like the universe heard what we were saying and then something happened. Well, Barry, you didn't realize this, but you and I had a universe moment the other day when we were talking about doing this because you mentioned how you listen to a couple different podcasts and one that you love 
love is called, correct me if I'm wrong, the morning shave, the, the wet shave. What is it? Uh, the Sharpologist. I forgot exactly what it's called. It was something on the lines of like the morning shave and I made a joke like, oh, morning shave your balls or something like that, <laughs> which it made me laugh more than you, which is okay. Long one, but go ahead. I already had your trivia queued up for that. I have seen pictures of you from back in the day and you had a gnarly mustache. Like you were always a beard and mustache or just a mustache guy, right? I had a mustache for 41 years. Well, I mustache you some questions related to it because I remembered that mustache and I have trivia based around mustaches for you. That is the topic. I'm telling you, you can believe me or not. I really picked that out before you even told me the thing. I was like, wow, this is really kind of weird. When you were telling me about the podcast, I was like, oh, okay, I better make sure I'm not asking anything things related to that. But you're a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. So I I wrote a little bit here for you. So this will be my first time using props. So anybody who's listening to this, I recommend going on to our Instagram, Booze Your Daddy or YouTube, B-O-O apostrophe S, Y-O-U-R-D-D-Y. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do an impersonation of a famous person with a mustache and you have to describe the mustache for our audio listeners and then say who you think it is, okay? All right, I'll give this a try. Listen, I'm going to help you along. <laughs> all righty. I got a little, I got it all ready for you. All right, ready? So question number one, let me do the bit and then we'll go from there. Oh, I suppose you got that mustache right there, Barry. Oh, can you see what I'm doing? I'm a famous cartoon character. So describe the mustache. It's a real big, hairy, flowing mustache. Oh, it's a big mustache. It's even got red. Did you see that I painted it in red here for you? Uh, uh, Wilford Brimley. There you go. No, Wilford Brimley would just say diabetes. I have diabetes. <laughs> Uh, it's a cartoon character that has made a comeback, except they took away his guns on HBO. Oh, I'm going to go get that rabbit. I'm going to shoot him really good. Looney Tunes? Nothing? The red? Maybe if I had a cowboy hat, but that is the mustache of... I can see him. I just can't think of who it is. The name is Yosemite Sam. Yosemite uh, Sam. That is number one. I'm a, little, I'm a couple years removed from cartoons. Question number two. Uh, hey there, Barry. You might find me down in the West Village. Uh, I'm going to be singing a song called In the Navy and Macho Man. Do you know who I am, Barry? Describe the mustache. Uh, like a Fu Manchu. Mm, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Can't keep this thing on. Just what? There's a name for this type of mustache. You know what that's called? What if I said YMCA? Y-M-C-A-A. Do you know who wears a mustache that might be in that band? All righty. This is called a handlebar mustache is what I was looking for. A handlebar goes like this. All right. I did the best that I could, okay? This is what I got. I was looking for the biker gang in the village people. That is that is who I was just now. See, you're getting all these after the fact. This is the this is one I have high, high hopes for you. First person on your show that gets zero out of, out of five for trivia. No, I think you got this one, okay? So let, let me go. Sorry. <laughs> I got this here. Uh, hey there, Barry. Uh, I hosted this show called I Bet Your Life. <laughs> yeah, I'm a funny man, okay? Yeah. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard there. Yeah, Barry, yeah. Who am I? That one, Groucho Marx. Hey, Groucho Marx. Ding, ding, ding. I really was worried that you were going to say, you didn't describe the mustache. It's kind of a, a bushy mustache on right above my lip here. I was really worried you were going to say Hitler. So I hopefully my, <laughs> my impersonation is really good. I wasn't even going to go there even if I fucked <laughs> If I would have put on a little tiny one and been like, eh, the Jews, you know, I don't really like the Jews. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this podcast is over, sir. This one, I can't do an impersonation for PC reasons, but I will just talk it out, okay? 
All righty. Okay. Hopefully this stays. I am an Asian villain character. I was in a bunch of comics, and then they named this type of mustache for me. Do you know what it is, Barry? Hi. You said it. You said. Is that the Fu Manchu? That is the Fu Manchu. There you go. <laughs> that is the Fu Manchu. Technically, the Fu Manchu, you know, it's just two really long pieces of hair that kind of go down, you know, the side like that. You know what? I, I was doing some research on that mustache, and apparently, the author of the book who wrote Fu Manchu. It was a novel before it was a mustache. He had one of those Ouija boards where they move uh, the uh, the thing around. I'm sure somebody will correct me what the name is. And it came out Chinaman when he was doing it. And then he created that character, which I'm hoping maybe that can save somebody who's been canceled for saying that word, which is not very PC. Uh, but that that's the origin of the Fu Manchu was for a character, which was by, I think, an American or a British novelist. All right. I'm worried about this one. You haven't been doing so well, but I think we can help you. Okay. <laughs> the last one, number five. So. Notice that my mustache is very upside down, okay? It kind of starts above my lip, and it goes all the way up because I put gel in it. I am a, a Spanish painter. I painted a very, very famous piece of art. It's with a clock, and it is melting. I think it's called the Remembering Time. So very, very Spanish painter. This, this mustache is very familiar, very... I can't get it to stay, but you know what I'm getting at here. Any guesses? First name starts with an S. Nope, not a clue. Salvador. Dolly. Salvador Dolly. That is the Dolly. That is the oh, Dolly mustache. Get a half a point, yeah, right? take, your, take your half a point, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Very nice. You know what? We started off the show back in the day where it was about the trivia. Now the trivia is just more for fun. I hope you had fun laughing at me. These, these mustaches took me a while. Um, That's cool. I, I, I got to say. You did that. Yeah, I might get back to wearing this uh, Yosemite Sam mustache. I'm thinking next time I go into a bar, I'll walk up to a girl and I'll be, hey, I uh, just want to say hello how are you and she's uh, that might be the first time i actually get smacked in the face by an unknown person won't be the first time i've ever been smacked by the face by a known person as far as mustaches go do you participate in the no shave november november movember do you know what that is yeah i do but i don't participate um i like i said i had the mustache for 41 years and somebody said why'd you save it off and i said because i didn't want it for 42 years so eventually it becomes a thing right like you have this mustache and then you just need a reason to shave it kind of well i was getting tired of it and what i did is i trimmed it way back and trimmed it way back and then i just said one day see ya yeah i had a pretty gnarly beard during 2020 basically because covid and i just kind of let it go and then it got to the point where i was like oh jesus now i just need a reason to shave it off but i was really struggling when i would go for a run with a mask on or just eating in general it just got so ridiculous that i had to shave it but i wanted to let everybody else know that i'm sure you've seen pictures online i do participate in no shave november or Movember, or whatever you want to call it. Never asking for money. I do not want money. I do it for awareness because cancer is something near and dear to me and my heart. I've lost family members. I have family members that have had it. So I will be participating into it. For anybody listening to this, I want you to donate money to whatever cause you see fit. I do not like taking money from people. So this is my service announcement and I will grow this. I'll get something really good. I'll definitely send you a picture. Barry, this was fun. Time flies when you're talking about mustaches. It was fun. 
I had a great time. If you want to watch a really funny thing, I make this reference all the time. There was a movie years ago with Seth MacFarlane. It was called How the West Was Won, I think, or How the West Something. It's a really silly slapsticky movie and uh, Doogie Howser, isn't it? Neil Patrick Harris. And they do this old timey line dance about growing mustaches. It is very funny. The whole thing is if you want a guy with a big mustache, my mustache, your mustache, everybody mustache. And Seth MacFarlane, yo, can't grow a mustache. <laughs> Back in the, so that's kind of the shtick and he has to win the girl over I think was Charlize Theron without, you know, using a mustache. And Neil Patrick Harris is all about the twisties and everything. It's where I'll send you the link. It's really funny. I make that reference all the time to people and nobody ever gets it. Where, you know, because when I have my mustache, I'm like, my mustache, your mustache, everybody say mustache. Da, da, da. So that's something near and dear to my heart. That's Sir, cool. any parting words? Anything you want to promote? No, I just want to thank you for allowing me to come on. Yeah, I, I decided to write to you because I really enjoy the podcast. Like I said, it's the first thing I listen to on my walk. The first one I listen to, then I just follow it with with anything else, but you are the number one. Number one. What's the expression with the Orioles? Number three in your playbills. Number one in your hearts. I'm glad I can be the first thing that you listen to in the morning. I'm glad I'm not the last thing that you listen to when I go to bed, when you go to bed. Been great, Alan. You got it, man. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode. Booze Your Daddy. Make sure you download the episodes. Give us a good rating. Hit the like button. Keep following. Keep living. Keep learning. Keep loving. Daddy out. We out.